0: you know he's our champion, give him praise. Amen. If God's going to give you fresh eyes, it's going to be because you look at the scripture differently. And when you see the scripture differently, you will also see your situation differently. Last week when we talked about fresh eyes, we talked about Mary who was the least suspected, not the strong-willed girl, which is really the meaning of her name. Of all people, God would choose her. It's really strange because when, he, when the angel shows up, she's not anticipating that. So when she sees him, obviously she's startled. I want to tell you something. If you saw an angel and you knew it was one, you would be startled too. I was praying one night and I expressly felt the presence of God unusually strong and I, the question came to me, would you like to see an angel? And I thought about it and I said, No, thank you. I chickened out. Uh, Angels are very special. And in in the play, how many of you saw the play last night? Come on, give God praise. They did an awesome job last night. awesome. In the play, angels have specific assignments from God. They play a part in the whole story of the Lord as he brings forth for you and I his will. Mary got fresh eyes after not just seeing the angel, after she heard what he said and realized that she'd been chosen for something special. Something that was beyond her accomplishment. But she said, yes, so be it unto me. Remember those words? I'm your servant Lord whatever you said about me let it be you ought to lift your hands in this building today because this is a key for your 2018 and say it to God I am your servant Lord so be it unto me according to your word in other words what you're saying is what you've spoken about me let it come to be I'd like to say to you this morning that what God wants for you has to be agreed to, has to have your permission. God didn't ask your permission for to bring salvation, but you have to give permission for that salvation to come to your life. So Mary said, so be it. She didn't know, she didn't know the, the chemistry, the, did not explain it. In fact, to receive the will of God meant for her to take all of her plans and put them on the back burner because God's will was so big and so huge. In her mind at that point, I don't know how in the world I can even stay engaged carrying something from the Lord. How am I going to explain it? It's beyond logic. The ridicule that I must receive and maybe even the possible stoning just because I say yes. But I will tell you that when God starts speaking to you, the plan of God comes to you and puts you in a situation because in order for you to say yes to God, you have to say no to something else. God says, I'm going to invade your life. I'm going to make a difference in your life. Then you have to decide, okay, Lord, so be it. But in that so be it means no to some other things. But she had different eyes. She saw things differently. And I left you with this last week. If you don't understand what God is doing, remember what God has said. Speak that to your neighbor. If you don't understand what God is doing. So quickly, part two is very simple. If you would turn with me to If you would turn with me to, wow, that's awesome, technology. Hmm. To Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 1, we looked at Mary's fresh eyes. Oh, Lord. I, I I love what they acted out last night. I saw it a little differently last night. When she was so determined to receive the will of God, It helped her deal with the rejection that would come to her life after she said yes, and it'll help you too. If you say yes to what God wants, in process to that, you may have, and you will have, some opposition. But check it out. In chapter 2, I want to bring to the stage today in your imagination. I want to bring to the stage a whole different set of people. They're not religious. They're not famous, at least until now. They're, they're, they are no one that you would even give attention to. But nonetheless, they are there. Are you there, saints? Um, okay, but before I do that, I need to digress for one second. I looked online to see the top ten toys that were most famous top 10 toys at Christmas. And one of them I, I, I remembered from my youth. In fact, I hadn't thought of this in 50 years. Amen. And Ken, have you got a picture of it? This is a, an a it was an amazing toy. <laughs> Ken, listen at him, listen at him cheer. Was that the bomb? I even found out that they got this thing on Amazon, still carries it, and they got a whole new cards to go in. No, wait, wait. It, it's, they even have cameras that let you take pictures of things that create the 3D image. My first experience of 3D image was right there. Viewmaster. What I loved about it is if you you had to hold it to the light, right? And then when you... You remember that sound? Click, click. Remember? And it, went, click, click, and it would turn one, one frame. And I remember, I, rem- I remember looking at that. I was like, I was a kid. I was a child. And my whole world was like, whoa. You could see depth, detail, color, expression. It was like the images were alive. The viewfinder was really what, what it was doing was giving us new eyes. Giving us fresh eyes. Kind of an amazing toy. Uh, I'm wondering what your favorite toy was. By the way, how old were you when you got your first Viewmaster? Tell your brother sitting next to your sister, how old were you when you got your first Viewmaster? See, because this symbolizes it, it, the view, the viewmaster symbolizes actually real life. Hmm. We all have a picture. We all have a perspective of life. And it all depends. How we see life depends on the filter we're wearing. Some people look at life through the past. Their filter is tainted with everything that happened to them, their traumatic experiences, the things they didn't get for Christmas, the breakups they didn't anticipate, the divorces that really they didn't plan, the home life that gets disrupted with problems, the firing from a great job for reasons beyond your control, or worse than that, for the wrong reasons. The harsh argument that happened, and the words keep coming up that were spoken. But they're in the past. And for many people, they define their whole life. It's the filter they wear. In their own personal view, master, it's the color of their past that they're looking through. Some people, they look only at, they, they, they forget about the past, but they look only at the present. They, 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 they treat life like the little boy who wanted to see the circus so bad. He can't, doesn't have the money and he's too short. So he climbs up on the fence to a place where there's a little knot hole. He falls back down. And finally, he says, "Okay." So he gets him the stump, put the stump down there, steps on the stump, and looks at the circus through the knot hole. Only problem, he can only see what is immediately in front of him. You know, if there're red noses and smiles, he's like, "Yes." What happens when the tiger comes by? And there's smells and growls. Some people only look at life by the moment. It's a horrible way to look at your life. Really, hmm, how you saw your life and how you see your life dictates how you look at your future. This is why this is so important. This statement, I want you to just kind of chew on it a little bit. How you view life drives how you do life. Look at your neighbors. And how you view life, it drives how you do life. We all have filters. Just like the toy, every single one of us, we have filters, are you there saints? And these filters greatly impact the way we look. Those filters that you have in your life reflect your past relationships, your situations, your circumstances all make up this film through which you look. I, I call that filter the look at filter. How you looking at things? Most people look at your circumstance, look at your past, look at your relationships, look at your finances, looking at your choices, looking at your career, looking at your school, looking right at it. Whatever life whatever circumstance, whatever's coming from the immediate situation is the way most people look at life. For many people, the look at filter is the primary filter they use to judge whether they're doing good or bad. And for many pe- people, that look at filter is, is, is actually creating not the world they want, but the world they have. Oftimes. The result is from looking at that through that filter, the result is for most people it's control, it's fear, it's anxiety. For many people, it's greed, it's insecurity. Christmas time comes up, and when Trist- Christmas time appears, so do all those things start to appear. What does this have to do with this Christmas? Well, it has everything to do with this Christmas. Because at Christmas, the Heavenly Father gives us a new way to look at life. But you got to flip the viewfinder in order to see it. Our Heavenly Father, gave, he gave you, gave me a new way to look at life in Christ. This has the power to change the way we see stuff. How we view life drives how we do life. Look at your neighbor. Tell them one more time. How you view life (laughs) drives how you do life. So I want to bring in these characters that you don't even know. They are unsuspecting. They are non-famous. Might be even infamous. Because they don't smell that good. Because they take care of sheep. They're minding their own business. In chapter 2, Probably around a campfire, just to keep warm as the sheep are all together. Minding their own business, doing their own thing. And then all of a sudden, something happens. The Bible says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. There go those angels again, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I love that word. I like that translation, NIV. They were terrified. When you when you're how, how do you act when you're terrified? Some of you, boy, you know, if we could get a shot at the moment of terror, it would be a story to be to be told. Amen. You know, so some of you had different kinds of reactions. Your eye, your pupils. Widen up your your adrenaline starts driving some of you get in combat mode you know when you're terrified others you get in run mode you get in Shedrick the entertainment mode you're like you know you know <laughs> it's, it's different how people respond when they're te- when when they're terrified the Bible says these angels man, they, these these shepherds these they were terrified because of what they saw Ken, I don't know if you, if you found a picture of that or not but some of the artists of the past have tried to paint a picture of what that might have, might have looked like for the heavens to open up at night. At that, the heavens open up, and all like you were at a like you were at a huge, gigantic movie screen. Heavens open up, and man, the host of heaven is, it appears. The angel first, one angel appears, and and he gives an announcement. And he says, um, "I bring you good news." One, by the way, the first thing an angel says when they show up, and by the way, you can see this over and over again in the Scripture. When an angel shows up, using the first thing he says, what does he say? Tell your neighbor what he said. Don't be afraid. Now, why would an angel say to a person, don't be afraid? Because when God opens that dimension and you see something of another world, right there? So he says, don't be afraid. And then he says, Today I bring you good news, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you, and you will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, after that announcement, wow, The heavens open. And the, do you have? Do you have another picture? Is that the only picture you have? Is that the only one you could find? Do you have another one? Yes, he's, he's bringing it up. Then all of a sudden, uh, this host of angels, can you imagine? I don't know how, how you, your mind would work with that, but some of you have some pretty vivid imaginations. Can you imagine out at night, you know, there's all up the stars and moon, but all of a sudden, this host of angels, wow! And that, they don't just appear, they start singing. Wow! I was online yesterday, and uh, I, I was looking up angels, and they have some recordings on YouTube of angels singing. In fact, I can tell you that as we were, in, in, um, as we were directing the um, prophetic music conferences, we touched some, muse, some moments when there was something going on outside of our singing and outside of our instrumentation. And it was very real. In fact, one of my dear friends in, in Tallahassee, she has a recording where a few of them were singing around, a, around one piano, and in the middle of it, you, you hear these other instruments begin to join in, and you hear this chorus above what they're doing. Some of you, uh, some of you are too realistic. Some of you are so you have been so programmed by the culture that. You, you, you have a hard time letting angels into your, into your understanding. And yet the Bible says, be careful when you entertain strangers, for some of you have entertained angels unaware. They are extremely real. Never to be worshipped, but they are real. And the Bible uses this to announce the Savior. He pulls back the drapes all of a sudden. Oh, you know, OMG now has a new meaning. The shepherds they don't know what to do. They are, they're, they're struck with awe as they see what has happened. And they started singing, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest heavens. And on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests upon. Look at your name. It's the glory to God in the highest. And peace on earth. So I want you to note what they said. First they said, glory to God in the highest. And then they said, and peace on earth. Tap your neighbor and say, may God give you that peace this season. Those shepherds um, were like ordinary people, like we're ordinary folks. But God began to give them new eyes. They looked through life first through the at, through the look at filter. They're looking at their circumstance or situations, their sheep, their camaraderie, their fire, and then all of a sudden, God shows up. Like most people, they look at their work. The shepherds are looking out maybe for predators, we will to make sure we keep the sheep safe. Most people are looking at their life, at the security of their life. During this Christmas season, they wanna make sure that nobody, I have, I have, a, I have a pastor friend, uh, that that was it came down shopping a couple of Christmases ago and um, uh, left all of their Christmas packages in the back of their car stayed in a hotel room only to wake up the next morning and someone had taken all of their Christmas gifts out of the back of their car i i I have a couple that came home before christmas uh, before Christmas. Uh, um, Eve and found that someone broken into their house and took all their presents. They're looking at their circumstance and at their situation. But really Christmas, God gives you a whole new way to look at things or look toward things. So The Bible says those shepherds when they heard the voice of the angel they looked up. Look, during this Christmas season the fresh eyes that God wants to give you is not a look at your circumstance. It's not acting like nothing's happened. We're not talking about treating your life like Nothing bad's going on, like nothing disappointing has ever happened. No, a little different than that. When you have understood where you are, this is bad English. When you understand where you're at, my, my, my English teacher would say, w- w- where is it at? It's behind that preposition at. It's not good English, so don't, don't use it, although it's popular to use bad, bad English this day. But if you're only looking at your situation, there is something that Christmas does that will give you new eyes. And you have to change your view from what you're focusing on at to what to looking up. I wonder how many of you spend time or spent time this last year looking at your situation instead of looking up. Look, I'm not telling you to to deny reality. I'm just saying that how you look at life defines yourself. And if you're always looking at your circumstances, the definitions of your life are not that pleasant. So my question to you is, how do you look up? Because if you look up, You let God define what's going on in your life. God starts defining your circumstances. The facts of your life tend to take on the meaning of heaven if you look up. If all you can see is the pain or the difficulty or the lack, if all you can see is what you missed, then you would not be able to, Walk in the miracle of what God is already bringing. If you want your circumstance to change, you got to quit looking at it and focus this way. Look, one of the ways I can illustrate this. Remember in the play last night when Joseph says to Mary, she says, he says. Uh, Oh, oh, Gabriel did it, right? Oh, sure. Oh, oh, right, God, you're pregnant by God. Remember, all he could do was look at her. Remember when she's trying to give him the truth? It seems so crazy, and he's thinking, how how could you do this to me? When he got to this point and he started hollering at her, my grandson got so emotional, he broke out in tears crying. In fact, he didn't stop crying until the very end of the movie. Movie, sorry about that. It was that good, right? The play. Remember though, he's looking, what is he looking? He's looking at the situation, at the negative. This is the one thing God wants to teach his children how to do in 2018. And you ought to start right now because as long as you focus on the thing that you don't want, that's what you get. It may not have been your focus that drew it to you, but it will be your focus that causes God to do through you what he wants. Remember after he had that argument and she's thinking, this is over, this is it. If I have to bear this kid by myself, that's exactly what I'm going to do. But I'm going to be faithful to the will of God. That strong-willed girl, right? And, and Joseph is brokenhearted. Not that he doesn't love her, he's just hurt. So God uses the same tactic with him. Joseph goes home and goes to sleep. Are y'all still with me? I'm almost done. And, 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 and guess what? Gabriel... Gabriel walks in. Hey, Joe. <laughs> my, my interpretation. Joe, what you doing? Hey, how you not gonna believe her? You believe her all up now, up to now. Just because you can't explain it, doesn't mean she did something wrong. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And that child, that. You're going to name the guy, the the, the guy that she's carrying is your Lord. Hey, Joe, you can't, don't you touch her until the baby, until after the baby's born. I mean, the the angel is giving him the 214, 412. Not only do you hold her and and protect her, but don't you dare, y'all hear what I'm saying? Don't you dare mess with her. You're not messing with my miracle, Joe. Now, if I didn't think you could do it, I'd have chose somebody else, but I chose you. By the way, some of you have not heard this message, but there was a time I preached this message about Joseph because he really is the hero in this situation because there are a lot of guys who want to be married, but they want a virgin. Lord, help me, please. Help me right now. Even though they have caused a lot of women not to be virgins, Lord Jesus, they want a virgin. And in some cases, it's kind of stupid. What if God wanted to give you a woman, even though she was experienced, she was true? Even though she, was, even though she may have had a child or might be with, pregnant, what if God wanted to give her to you because he trusts you with what that woman's life is carrying? What about that? And who said that a daddy could only be defined by genetics? That's another message. Who said that fatherhood was only defined by sperm? I'm sorry, in the Bible it is much greater than that because fatherhood is the one who steps into the role of a father. For anybody here who've not been able to find your biological father, if you never find him, it's okay because the father of your father has provided for you a, a present father that's acting more like a father than your daddy ever could. That's where I, I don't want to go into that right now. What I'm trying to tell you is that Joseph had to have a look-up experience yes, instead of a looking-at. I think this story flies in the face of couples who are trying to, get, make it, trying to get it together. But as long as they're looking at each other, all you can see are the faults, the inadequacies. All you can see is the trial, the trouble. But maybe during this Christmas season, God would give you fresh eyes and you'd, you'd move from looking At this situation, looking this way, said, Lord, you know, if you looked up, God would give you new eyes. So by the time you look back again, oh, my God. So the second part of this message is how you view life is how you do life. I'm praying for you that God would give you a look up. And that in seeing him and seeing what he's doing or hearing what he's saying, it causes you to look back and you see people differently. All of a sudden now, it's not just my woman. <coughs> All of a sudden, it's not just my old man. All of a sudden, it's no longer my old lady. Some of y'all still singing that old song. Who's making love to my old lady while I was out? Ain't nobody talking to me this morning. Y'all got quiet on me. You start looking up, the Holy Spirit starts dealing with your heart and showing you what you never could see. And all of a sudden, when you look back at the situation, oh, it's a different, it's a, I pray for you this morning, the simplicity of this Christmas season, God giving you a look And when you look up at God, you're going to find out that he's looking upon you. When God looks upon you, it's because he bestows grace on you. God gives grace and favor to those that seek him. When you look at God, God starts doing something for your heart. And it's that grace and favor that changes the way you deal with people. So I want to close this out for this Christmas season this morning. I want you to take a look up. Remember what he's done. Remember the glory that is around this season. There's a glory that that accompanies the season of Christmas that only, only the faithful, only those who look up are able to receive. There, there is a, a presence in this season, an atmosphere and an attitude of this season that comes from heaven for only those, only those persons, the faithful, who do this, Lord God. And when God touches you, when God, when God puts his hand over on you and, and, and responds, when you see through the word of God, through your prayer, through the presence of God, when you see what God is doing, it's an amazing thing. You get grace over your life. That grace makes you look at the, at the sinners as sinless. That grace that God puts on you transforms the, every ordinary, the everyday ordinary folks into the people of God that God's working with. Start looking at your kids differently. Start looking at your loved one differently. By the way, in case you didn't know it, you know, Christmas time was supposed to be a romantic time. So tell your brother, tell your sister that. Chris, Christmas time is supposed to be a romantic time. That's why they have mistletoes. Y'all breathing? So last night, when my daughter-in-law was it going, was acting that incredible part, she acting like but yes, I, I, I want you to help carry, you know, carry my pail. She said, I have a lot of things to carry, she said, she said, and um, and she was she was talking about that. Well, when she got through with that part, now her daughter sitting next to me, right? He says, "Well, I thought you might come over and kind of help me, you know, carry some things and basically service some." Yes, Amen. So, I said, Siani, Siani, when you go home tonight, will you do something for me, just between you and me?" She said, "What you want me to do, Bobby?" I said, "Would you tell your mommy to sing that song to your dad?" Jesus, <laughs> because how, how you look up, man, it changes the way you look out and look at. Bow your head right there where you're sitting. I know if you say, I'm your servant, Lord, be it done unto me according to your will. You are asking for something incredible. But you also need the eyes to be able to not be distracted and not be confused by what you're looking at. Fresh eyes for this Christmas are eyes that make a priority of looking upward first. Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? Let God show you the magnificence of his glory. Let God show you and remind you again who He is as we sang to Him today. Our champion. We lift our hearts. He's our champion. Let God remind you. No, no, I got everything in control here. If you will receive, if you look up, I'll show you how to look out changes everything in your life. And some of you, your biggest challenge is you have been captured by what you're looking at. The eye gate is a powerful gate. The eye gate goes directly to the brain. The conscience. your will. Your emotions. God wants to be sure that you see what he's doing. And when you see what he's doing, like Joseph, you got to repent. You got to say, Lord, I just didn't understand. You got to go back and get it right. And so, in the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you at this season of Christmas that you would do something amazing. Lord, that you would, by your mighty grace, by your majesty, by your awesome power, for nothing is impossible with you that you would speak to, that you would show yourself strong on behalf of these, your people, that they would see you, Lord, what you're doing, your might and your power to break into our world with the impossible, bringing hope and change and peace. I thank you for this, Lord, stuff that we couldn't fix, people we couldn't change, circumstances that we couldn't reverse. Oh, God, In the name of Jesus, let it come. Every household, every person, every marriage, every relationship. Empower us, Lord, with fresh eyes. For this we give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' holy name, the house of the Lord said, amen. Rise on your feet. If you know you need to come to the altar for new eyes, come now. In Jesus' name, don't wait. Our time is ticking. Come on.